0: Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, and welcome to the Net Worth Podcast, where today we're going to talk all things NBA. Break down another division for you—the final of the six of our previews. Joining me from the other side of the United States, and in, in what I always believe to be sunny California, how's Sacramento today? What's going on, spread?
1: Oh yeah, I mean it's pretty much your—it's uh, pretty much what you uh, stereotype us as. It's 81 degrees and sunny today here in Sacramento, California.
0: Oh, well, that's lovely. You excited? We got just about a week until our first NBA game.
1: Yeah, you know, it's because at this point, you know, it's been the anticipation for so long. It's funny, we get the anticipation right after free agency, but then you know that it's going to be a while before we see all these things flesh out. But now, you know, it's really close, and uh, with the preseason's giving you a bit of a taste, but um, I don't like to take too much into preseason because I think that some of the better players' effort, um, you know, is questionable so i'm not uh, i'm not taking a, I, I like to see nuggets here and there from preseason but mainly i want to see the real teams when they're really going for it and that starts next tuesday night
0: that's right, baby. I'm excited. So this, like I said, will be the last of our six division previews. Um, you know, obviously, we've got just the Pacific left to go through today. Um, and then we're planning on doing a fantasy basketball podcast on Thursday. We got a request from a couple people to talk about that for a little bit. So i um, still looking for a guest to see if we can find somebody to help us out. Worst case, you'll have the two of us talking about daily fantasy, talking about regular fantasy. Um, you know, just some general things that we like to do, some players we like and things like that. And then... Once we get to the regular season spread, I think a lot of it's going to depend on kind of timing and our our schedules in general, but I think the plan really is try to do at least one of these a week, check in on some of the bigger events from the week before, whether that be an injury, a trade, a a big game, try to preview a couple games going forward, maybe some updates on our handicapping and and some of the things we're seeing like that. So um, just kind of a general discussion, I think just about once a week. I know that we've got a a pretty big guest on tap for what should be next Tuesday. My guess is we'll get that out late Tuesday night, early Wednesday morning, but what do you think spread once a week to kind of like a general overview of the things that are going on and, uh, we'll kind of fill the rest out as we see, how, we see how things go.
1: Yeah. I was thinking we'll do once a week. And then when we're chatting and we see something that's just crazy that we need to talk about right away, you know, we'll reserve the right to do emergency pods whenever. So I can imagine if there's any type of shenanigans, like, uh, say the NFL football game last night, you know, if you would have got me on last night, I was pretty fired up. So there should be some good opportunity for some, um, you know, real live reactive podcasting here. So that should be a lot of fun.
0: Absolutely. And let us know what you want to hear about. You know, again, our plan is to talk about handicapping in general, try to break down some games, talk about general league concepts. Um, you know, if you've listened to the division previews, we, we touch on all sorts of things, you know, with some general themes. Uh, but let us know what you're interested in. We're uh, we're gonna be doing a lot of different things I think with this pod. Like you said, I think there'll be some emergency podcasts, you know, some ten, fifteen minutes late at night after a big game or a big thing like that as well as some full length episodes. So, you know, let us know what you're interested in. Let us know what you want to hear about, who you wanna hear from. You can reach us or DM us at NetWorthPod pod on Twitter and of course spread nigh. you can you probably follow already and if you don't you can find us easily. Are you ready to jump into the Pacific?
1: Let's do this. Let's start with Phoenix.
0: That's right. As always, we'll start kind of here at the the bottom of the barrel. The Phoenix Suns, a lot of additions and movement for them. Picked up Aaron Baines over the summer, former Philadelphia Sixer Dario Saric. Um, Looking through here, uh, Jalen Lech, Lech, I'm sorry, I don't understand how to pronounce your name, Cameron Johnson, Ty Ty Jerome, Kyle Korver for some reason, Um, Ricky Rubio, Kelly Oubre Jr., Frank You know, a lot of kind of smaller pieces here to fill out the roster. Milwaukee. He is. He got waved, actually. I was slipping through. They, okay. He was on Phoenix for a hot minute. Okay. Um, and then they, they waved him, and he ended up on uh, the Bucks. Milwaukee, of course. But starting five at this point, looks like we'll have Ricky Rubio, Devin Booker, Kelly Oubre Jr., Dario Saric, and De- DeAndre Ayton. Ty Jerome coming off the bench with Tyler Johnson, Michael Bridges, um, Aaron Baines. Um, you know, not some not a totally, totally rough rough set of names here, but what do you think about this team? What do you think of the Phoenix Suns, Brad? I'm not as excited about him as other people. I see a lot of
1: people putting their win total in the mid-30s and thinking this is going to be a breakout year for them. I'm not seeing it. You know, we've argued about Ricky Rubio in the past, but you know what? I think I'm coming over to your side. He does run the offense well, but unless he's on a great team, um, you know, I think you need a little more from your point guard position. Devin Booker, we've already discussed that we think he's rather one-dimensional. Hopefully he can prove us wrong this year because I think that would be – um the step that phoenix would take if, if booker became more active and getting assists played better defense and and can mix in some rebounding and starting the break on his own uh he could be dynamic i don't know if already being paid does he have they send him to do that or we just put up 25 a night and be happy i think kelly Oubre is a great piece i kind of feel like he's almost wasted here because i think he could be an awesome bench piece on a on a contender um but he's your best, you know, he's your typical 3 and D guy that the NBA needs right now. And I think he does that pretty well. Sarge, I was wondering what you were thinking here because I know you're probably a little more familiar with him. I think starting him and Ayton makes you kind of weak defensively. I'm surprised they didn't start Kaminsky. What do you think about that?
0: That was one of my first thoughts when I saw this lineup. There is a lot of defensive struggles here. Saric is a really great player on offense. He's a nice guy to yeah. have. He has a lot of post-up skills. He's an unbelievably good passer. Um, he's a really nice offensive rebounder. Does a lot of tricky things. He's fun to watch. Defensively, though, he's very limited. Incredibly slow. Yeah. Um, one of my my nightmares as a Sixers fan every year and it was a cheap ticket to get forever. You could get cheap Bucks tickets and I go watch the Bucks play the Sixers and just watch Dario Sarge get abused by Giannis and, and some of the athletes on that team um it was kind of sad to watch so defensively I'm worried about it I like what they've done offensively though here you know Ricky Rubio is a tremendous passer Saric is a tremendous passer um I don't know too much of Oubre Jr's game I know that he's you know kind of decent at everything maybe great at nothing um but he's got a nice kind of fill-in piece I think he's a pretty solid shooter especially from the corners and then you've got Devin Booker this really dynamic offensive presence I think he was out of position being asked to play point guard last year Mm -hmm. I think that he can handle the ball he can initiate the offense but to to have him in the mindset of trying to distribute and get everybody else involved is is a mistake in my opinion and I think you know despite Rubio's limitations um, defensively he's still pretty good not as good as he used to be has you know, improved a little bit as a shooter but it's still rough to have on the floor but he's going to be the guy kind of generating space kind of moving the ball around and, and doing a lot of those things While Booker can really do what I think he wants to do and go out and just kind of hunt for baskets so offensively I think this is going to be a fun team I think that we'll have a lot of overs here maybe some team total overs um, I do like the starting five I think it fits together offensively but you make a great point defensively it comes down to what is is Aiton going to be able to do this year is he going to take a step forward did he spend his summer um, watching a Lot of film working with some some older players and figuring out how to really move on the floor the right way. I was disappointed to see that they got rid of Tyson Chandler last year, mostly because I thought Chandler could be really good for Aiton in terms of teaching him what's important and what he needs to do. Um, you know, it's again, it's not not a bad roster, but defensively, like you said, extremely limited. And the Western Conference is deep. We've talked about that before. You've got eight real solid playoff teams and a couple other teams. So I mean, you know, at least I think. 11, maybe 12 good teams in the West. It's going to be tough for them to find a lot of wins. So I'm uh, definitely not looking at any sort of win total over here. But, you know, it's it's an interesting team.
1: Yeah, like I said, it's a little surprised to see. I would think that you would pair Baines and Sarek off the bench. And that you know, Baines can make up for Sarek's efficiencies. And then Kaminsky and Aiton, I guess they're assuming that Aiton's going to step up. I think that Aiton, one thing I noticed about his game last year, he... He put up good numbers, but it didn't. I never really felt like he was affecting the game a lot. Now, to be fair, I probably watched twenty Phoenix games tops, so I didn't get that great a look of him. But um, I don't know. I, I I do I do see their potential, but in this loaded Western Conference, um, you know, obviously I don't see any way they make the playoffs. And then I think this is a fun little exercise. Would you think that this is a playoff team in the East? Because I even think they might struggle no. in the East. What do you think?
0: No, yeah. absolutely not. Again, it's, you know, the stars, Booker, I don't know really who the second score on offense is going to be unless Aiton again takes a big It'll step forward. It's it's a relatively thin team once you start to get to those other lines. And, you know, like we talked about, you, you're going to be able to put up a lot of points against this team.
1: All right. Would you have the over/unders pulled up? Or are you are you betting under? Yeah, there? I
0: do. No, I don't think I am. It's a twenty-nine and a half. I might look at that. And maybe do a little deep dive on their schedule to see if the beginning of the year looks a little tougher. I don't think of them as a team that would want to tank, but you know, if they have a slow start to the year, maybe they try to move a piece or two. See if anybody's interested in Ubre Jr. Something like that. You know, again, twenty-nine and a half is what I'm seeing right now for the win total. That looks about right. You know, lean towards the under, but not no play for me.
1: Yeah, that's where I am, too. I'm leaning towards the under, and I haven't seen anything to put me on a play because, you know, Booker and Aiden developing, even one of them developing, you know, a little more than we're expecting because obviously we're kind of negative on their outlook here. But if, you know, they they exceed our expectations, that could be enough to push them over. So, yeah, staying away from that one right now. But I'm, I don't really like the way this team is constructed at this point. Uh, maybe next year,
0: you know, if these two players get continue to get better, but
1: boy, it sucks when your max player needs to develop that much.
0: So what do you think of Booker and Aiton? Let's maybe go one by one here. We'll start with Aiton. Um, I know both of us are a little down on him defensively. I do love what he, what he might be capable of, but I can't think of a big man that's ever really learned how to play defense. Um, you gen- you do you generally tend to find big men that are better defensive players that learn how to be good offensively, but I'm struggling to find anybody who really learned how to, you know, move their feet and be in the right place. What do you think of and What is your outlook on his career?
1: Uh, I mean, I think he'll be a solid player. I think he's definitely got like a ten year career ahead of him, but it's when you're drafted number one and you're expected to be a franchise changer, I just I just don't think think that he's that. I think that he's a I don't know what we would consider. He's going to be an average to above average center
0: in the NBA, but not but not a game changer at all. I think he could maybe be a game changer again if he could figure out how to be at least average on defense. Um, but I agree, it's it's tough at his position. It's tough, you know, given where he was picked. For him ever to really succeed in a way that'll make people excited. Now, what, what do you think of Devin Booker? I think that his offensive talent is you know pretty unquestionable. He's an, a really great scorer, one of the best. Um, you know, bucket getters, if you will, I think, in the NBA at this point. But what do you think about him? What do you think his career looks like? Is he ever the best player on a championship contender?
1: No, but uh, I think his career looks like Jamal Crawford's.
0: Wow. I think he's going think... to get buckets. You don't think he's going to be a... any better, though? I mean, Jamal Crawford never really had a big moment. I don't think that he was ever really the leader of a playoff team or had any yeah. big moments no, like that. I, mean, you really I, think I guess I hits... kind of
1: think the same way about Booker. I think they gave him a lot of money pretty early in his career, and I mean, I don't know, does does he seem like he has like the self-awareness or, or drive to, to improve the better facets of his game? I mean, have you seen him improve on anything except for scoring throughout his career?
0: No, you're right. He has offensively gotten better each year. I don't think I've noticed any improvements from a defensive standpoint, and I guess you're right. He has to probably get out of Phoenix to really do anything interesting that's just a tough organization They're, they tend to be pretty cheap the gms are historically not very good and um to be honest I, I don't even remember who the coach is at this point um let me just look that up but i you know yeah, sure and be starts the ownership. The yeah and that inspired by the yeah monty williams
1: uh, yeah monty williams oh he was in um philadelphia assistant coach
0: he was he was the pelicans head coach for a, um, for a little while yeah uh not super excited to see what monty williams can do but you know, a new name that starts with their goes. owner.
1: I mean, Sarver is pretty much considered now that Donald Sterling's gone the cheapest owner in the NBA. So, um, and that's with the new salary cap. Even though it's a, you know, it's a it's a softer cap in the NBA. It's it's still ownership matters a lot, and
0: they just don't have good ownership in Phoenix. And I think you know it shows on the product on the floor. Anything else on the Suns before we jump to your beloved Sacramento Kings? Oh, no. Let's move on to the team that we all want to talk about. That's right, baby. The Sacramento Kings. um, A very big favorite of ours in the uh, NBA or get the fuck out chat. Um, We love them. You'll see I'll spell them in all capitals with lots of exclamation points and question marks throughout the year. But let's talk a little basketball here. Some additions. Added Trevor Ariza. Added Dwayne Dedman. Re signed Harrison Barnes. um, Added Rashawn Holmes. One of my favorite lesser known players in the nba uh tyler ulis it looks like i'm trying to think who did they draft spread i'm flipping through the names here i don't recognize anybody
1: oh we didn't have our first round pick
0: well that's why then all right you got hollis thompson former sixers backup but let's take a look at the starting five darren fox buddy Heald, harrison barnes marvin bagley and it looks like they think deadman's gonna start at center coming off the bench Corey joseph Bogdan Bogdanovich, not Boyan, Bogdan, uh, Ariza probably coming off the bench, uh, Nemanja Bel- Belitsa, which uh, I'm good at pronouncing that because he was supposed to be a sixer, that asshole, and Harry Giles, <laughs> uh, Yogi Ferrell as well, and Rashawn Holmes, a pretty deep roster here spread, so you're the Kings fan, lay it out for us, what, you know, how much money are you going to bet on the Kings to win the championship this year?
1: Not to win the championship, but I've played them to make the playoffs, and I've played their, their over already. And I think the key this year is going to be Fox's ascension really is to, to a top point guard. Um, you know, he has that athleticism of, of, of the young Russell Westbrook. Um, you know, he, I think he's up there with Westbrook for the fastest player in the league. Um, but he's got a little more touch on his jumper, it seems. Well, Westbrook did it at first and almost like he lost it. But he's got, you know, a nice little mid-range jumper too. And he seems to be a great leader. Buddy healed is, boy, when hey, we traded cousins for him uh, – The front office really took a beating uh, in the media here. And, boy, have they proved us wrong. Heald's been, you know, the player that we could expect. Like, when you make that trade, getting Heald to be where he is right now is pretty much, like, the best possible outcome. Um, Harrison Barnes is a solid guy. I see a lot of guys down on him. But, um, you know, he played a nice role on the 73-win team, and I don't see any reason. And he's good defensively, too, so it's not like you're putting him out there and if he's not scoring, he's not helping you at all. Um, Bagley's the other one that I expect to make a big leap. His athleticism, I think, is underrated for a guy that his size. And um, the reason that they picked him is just his work ethic is just so fantastic. That's kind of what I heard would pushed him over the edge over Doncic, is they just wanted a guy that would come in and have their best player be their hardest worker. And, uh, of course, we talked about the center. I think Holmes is going to add a lot, and Deadman as well, because we lost Willie Cauley-Stein, and, and his lack of rim protection really was, was a big problem for the Kings last year so it seems like they have addressed their two weaknesses last year which were lack of wing depth so we got Ariza and Barnes mid-season and then you know lack of rim protection you added Holmes and Deadman. I think they uh they did
0: pretty well to address their deficiencies I like the way this team's put together this is going to be a fun year for Kings fans um you know I again I'd share your optimism but I don't know if I'm ready to bet them to make the playoffs yet I don't know if um, you know we'll talk about the win total in a little bit but you gotta like this lineup Darren Fox is one of the better younger players in the NBA Marvin Bagley has as much talent as anybody and like you said seems to be um, dead set on doing everything he can to make the most of it Harrison Barnes is you know a player everyone remembers falling apart at the end of that finals after the 73 win season but a really solid player You know, a guy who does kind of a little bit of everything solid defensively, doesn't necessarily need the ball a ton. Buddy Heald just keeps getting better and better as a shooter keeps figuring out kind of what he can do um you know I like Deadman. I think Rashawn Holmes is going to be a really nice backup for them I think that with Deadman and Holmes are always going to have a big man in the game that can protect the rim defensively and will clean the boards and take care of all that kind of dirty stuff you know the backups are really interesting Harry Giles who knows if he ever becomes the player that we thought he would be when he was a freshman in college um trevor Reza it's probably a perfect role for him playing less minutes making sure that he's fresh and health- healthy bell is a really fun kind of stretch power forward um, a lot of things to like about this roster um, now looking at the win total i'm seeing 37 and a half is that what you got uh, i might have got it at 36 and a half okay you know, that's actually, even 37 and a half, we're about a game and a half under what they actually won last year. They had 39 wins. So I'm a little confused by that number, and I think I'm going to join you on the overall. I'm going to look around and see what numbers I have at, at other books. Um, yeah,
1: I don't know why you would drop this team.
0: No, I really don't. You know, the West kind of shuffled things around a little bit. I think that in general it's just as good, maybe a little better than it was last year. But you know, like we've ta- we'll have we talk about a little bit with the Los Angeles teams, there'll be a lot of load management. Um you know, the Nuggets will be great. The Jazz will be great. You know, we've gone back and forth on Portland. I think that they're maybe a little vulnerable. Curious to see what Houston does in terms of load management, how they start the season off. But I don't think that their position's any more difficult than it was last year for sure. So I'm curious to, is to see them hang a lower number than they actually had last year.
1: Yeah, I don't get that at all, too, so that's why I took advantage of that. And then uh, if you remember, I wasn't going to do the make the playoffs bet until you told me it was 3-1, to one, and then I had to do it. I just thought that was way too much. I thought it should have been like plus 150, plus 160.
0: Yeah, I mean, we've talked about that a little bit again. You've got eight really solid playoff teams, both Los Angeles teams, Houston, Denver, Utah. um, You know, that's your top five there. And then Golden State, Portland, and San Antonio. It's hard to see really any of those eight teams without a couple injuries or something really bad happening, falling out.
1: I mean – You know, I like to say, you know, I don't like to bet on injuries when the individual team, but in betting that there will be one of those eight teams that you mentioned, um, have some catastrophic injuries. I think that's like a little safer to say, and you know, you can think of a couple injuries or, or people missing time that could completely change this. I mean, already, I know it wasn't that long, but you know, Anthony Davis, uh, sprained his thumb and they were you know originally were thinking he might be out like six to eight weeks but you know just something like that like for example if davis were to get hurt which i don't think is that crazy an idea i mean is that lakers roster really that good i mean they're worse than last year without davis right
0: i, I we'll think get so. on to
1: them later but my point is that one of the eight teams you know could have some injuries you know um you know i mean harden hasn't been hurt before but you know if he goes down or or something to that effect so that's why i don't think it's that crazy uh not to mention they will be able to beat a lot of these teams when they are at home so i think a lot of these teams that you know they'll split two and two they can split two and two the home and road
0: yeah i agree all right so the kings we both like the over here you've already bet it i'm going to look at it and i'm certainly going to end up betting it i'll think about that uh yes to make the playoffs at three to one a little bit more anything else to say about sacramento spread
1: uh, no, I think that I think that we'll circle back around though when we talk about these other teams. So I'm sure we'll be we'll speaking of the again before the pod's over.
0: All right, we'll move on to the Golden State Warriors. Uh, one of the biggest changes f- from year to year here: losing Kevin Durant, adding D'Angelo Russell. Um, they apparently added Shabazz Napier. Spread that'll be interesting. I wonder if he gets any minutes. Add Willie Cauley Stein. We talked about that. They on, did. On, I don't think first he, they
1: did. Did they?
0: Uh, they got him as part of it looks like the Nets trade. I don't know if they held on to him or not. I think they uh, dropped
1: him. I think he's on the Tim rolls roster.
0: Yeah. Willie Cauley-Stein. Um, no more Sean Livingston. Added Alec Burke. Was able to retain Kevon Looney. Um. Taking a look at the roster at this point, again, no more Kevin Durant. You know, we're back to Stephen Curry, Draymond Green, Clay Thompson, Hurt, obviously. It looks like he's going to be out for most of the year. Uh, D'Angelo Russell, Alonzo McKinney, Kevon Looney. So again, the starting five looks like it'll be Curry, Russell, McKinney, Green, Looney. Um, Alec Burke coming off the bench. Uh, Willie Collie stein coming off the bench. I'm I'm curious to see if he actually makes it to the starting lineup at some point. Um... You know, again, Clay Thompson looks like he's hurt for the year. I'm curious to see if maybe Glenn Robinson the Third actually gets some run here. Um, kind of a thin <laughs> roster, obviously. But what do you expect from the Golden State Warriors this year? Spread or is it time for them to take a break and uh, and you know maybe take the year off? Or are they still a championship contender?
1: I think they're still a contender. So what I hate about this team is the wings, um, McKinney and Burks and Robinson. I mean, that's just horrible. And then, I mean, when Thompson comes back, I said you could slide him over to the three, but even so, he's going to be undersized there. I think that's going to be their biggest uh, weakness, but I would not be surprised if they're doing pretty well, which they should be, to see them try to address that um, in buyout season or when uh, when the trade deadline comes up. But no, I really like this team. I mean, you still have, I know Thompson's not there yet, but. Let's talk about a Curry-Russell backcourt. I mean, that's pretty exciting, at least from an offensive end. Wouldn't you Wouldn't you agree?
0: I think so. I think that D'Angelo Russell's going to bring something that maybe this Warriors team hasn't ever had before. Can you remember them having someone who attacks the basket the way he does? I can't. I mean, even Durant was more of a mid-range game guy. They've always had guys who've relied on their shooting, you know, running off screens, kind of getting open off things like that. But D'Angelo Russell, I think, is going to be the first guy they have that, that really attacks the basket. I'm curious to see what that does to this offense, if it creates more space, if, if Curry is able to play off that motion a little bit. I wonder if they use Russell as the initiator, as the point guard, if you will, and let Curry kind of float around and and you know create space for Russell to drive, while Russell, at the same time, is creating space for Curry to shoot. So I think that is going to be a really interesting offensive dynamic, and I'm excited to see what Steve Kerr and the coaching staff can do with this group. Defensively, I think they're a little bit limited. Unless Draymond Green gets Willie Cauley Stein to take a real big step forward, um, or Kevon Looney's a better rim protector than what I remember, Looney is a better
1: rim protector than Stein.
0: Well, yeah, we'll, we'll see. I I, I wonder if he has good, the capability. Right, and you know, Draymond Green obviously is a great defensive player, but when he's off the floor, I wonder what they're how they're going to be able to slow teams down and protect the rim. But offensively, this team's going to put up a bunch of points. I think again, Curry and Russell are going to have a lot of fun playing off each other. I think they're going to be really dynamic and able to create space. Draymond Green seems, you know, like he's still in shape from the end of last year and he's still focused on having a great year. And I I think that matters. I am worried about their depth. You know, again, looking at some of their backups here, Jacob Evans, Eric Paschal, Glenn Robinson, the third Jordan Poole, um, Alec Burks. I I can't remember the last time Alec Burks was actually healthy for a season. Omari Spellman (laughs) looks like he's probably going to maybe get some minutes. So Andrew Harrison, um, Uh, that's where I I start to have concerns here. That's where I start to see holes. I think that some of these bigger names are going to have to maybe play some more minutes they've been used to in the last years, and we'll see what Kerr does. Let's see how creative he gets, and maybe they have another move to make. But uh, my biggest concern right now for them is their limited lineup and their depth.
1: All right, so uh, when you mentioned the Russell Curry, that was exactly what I'm imagining. When I imagine this offense being successful, I'm imagining Russell running the point um, you know, boy, I was watching some of his Ohio State highlights earlier today. He, he's got some moves, and and Curry running off ball, running through two or three back screens, and then Russell's ability to get to the rim. I think that's just going to be a fantastic off uh, option offensively. I don't think they're gonna have any problem scoring the basketball at all. My issue is obviously going to be defense, but I'll tell you what, I think that we're going to see a bounce back year from Draymond. I think that he's kind of a do-as-much-as-I-need-to type of guy, and he knew the last couple of years he really didn't need to do anything, and then also without a role in the offense, you know, we've talked about it before, being involved on offense helps you focus on defense, it's just a natural thing, it's just, uh, even when you're out there playing with your buddies, you know, you make a basket, you're a little little more intense on the defensive end the next, side, next time down the floor, so uh, I think with Draymond, I think that we're going to see a big jump back into the old Draymond. I don't think he's just going to sit around and, and mess around all year now that he actually feels the team needs him. So that's going to be the key to their regular success. If he plays like he – if he has that focus that he had, first of all, when he came in the league, and then what he saved for the playoffs the last two years, if he, if he can bring that year around. Um, and if I remember right, he got an extension, right? Yeah, he did. So he doesn't need to worry about injuring himself like he's got his money, right? So I think that he probably knows this is his last big contract. He might as well go out there and earn it. And, um, you know, that's where I see this team being successful. I can see him kind of overshadowing some of the uh, difficulties they're having. He can play small forward if that's where they need to stop. He can switch to center if that's where they need to stop. So if we have an engaged Draymond, I can see... Uh, his basically intensity and defensive acumen combined with Steph's, like basically best I've ever seen shooting, and and they can still be a real potent team.
0: So, what I'm excited for with this team mostly is to see you know how Russell and Curry look, to see what mo- level of motivation Draymond has, and then to follow the Clay Thompson injury news as closely <laughs> as I can because if it looks like he's going to come all the back,
1: models he's dating?
0: well, that's not the worst that's
1: idea. All, that's all it is. Well, that's not the it's worst like Thompson idea. Thompson off news.
0: I love that. But what I'm thinking is, spread if he can come back, you know, end of February, beginning of March, get, you know, a handful of games underneath his belt while he rehabs, um, and can come back in the playoffs is at least 75, 80% um, of the player he was last year. This is a really interesting team to bet to maybe win the conference, to win the division, to bet in some of these playoff series. Um, I think that they can come back with a really interesting lineup. And, you know, again, the depth concerns that I have for the regular season go away when it comes playoff time. They'll be able to knock the rotation down to eight, nine guys, keep it tight. And, again, Kerr is a smart – coach. He's going to realize that early in the year and give these guys a lot of run to see who works and who doesn't. But what do you think about that? Kind of wait until we hear about some clay injury news. And if it sounds like he's coming back, are you on board with them as a championship contender?
1: Yeah, I love him. I think I might want to get it now. And you know what? So I've already started scouting buyout candidates. What do you think if they added Jay Crowder at their three there? They bought if they got a buyout from him from Memphis. I think that could address a lot of their wing issues because they just need to be competitive there they don't need to have an advantage there
0: jay crowder hasn't been the defensive player he used to be for a few years now but at least he can make some threes and help stretch the floor out i think he's fine that's what i mean i think they'll figure out some way to kind of fill up these spots maybe some of these guys are better i mean historically golden state has been good at filling out some of these back bench spots and finding guys to be real contributors so um again i'm optimistic and i have faith in the coaching staff when I mean, you've got curry, you've got russell, you've got motivated draymond green. I mean, that's as good as three players as any roster I think has.
1: So, are you joining me on the team total
0: over? I don't know. I'm I'm looking at it right now. They're at 49 and a half wins. Um, I I don't I don't know what to do with that. I don't know if that's too low, I don't know if it's too high. Uh, I like them to make the playoffs. I think that they'll probably be a 6 seed, maybe even a 7 seed. Uh, that feels like maybe more wins than we get out of that spot every year. Let me take a look at the standings last year. You know, the sixth seed last year won forty nine games. So you know maybe maybe that number is just about right. So. I'm probably going to pass on that and, like I said, wait for some odds in the middle of the season. Right now there's 7-1 to to win the conference, 10-1 to to win the title. I think maybe as the Lakers, you know, start to play and Anthony Davis looks really good, there'll be more money there. As Paul George comes back healthy, there'll be some, some Clippers money. If the Sixers look really good, if the Bucks look really good, even the Celtics, I think that a lot of those teams will pop and maybe people will forget a little bit about Golden State. That's, that's kind of my hope.
1: Yeah. I actually – I like the conference look, but um... – I was hoping to get a little more than seven to one.
0: That's what I mean. I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait. I think maybe if we can get like ten to but one, to win, to, one jumping, to win the conference, fifteen right? to one to win the conference. Yeah, I think so. I'm, I'm going, going to grab yeah, that for a little anything
1: bit. Anything over ten to one, I'm jumping in.
0: I'm hoping for fifteen. I'll, I'll probably wait for something like that. But if a twelve pops, it's going to be a, a lot of staring and thinking and debating and. And I'll fetching. tell you what.
1: This shows you how much the NBA's evened up because I would say in the past couple of years before this, you wouldn't even go for conference. You would go for the just to win the title because you're just assuming that whoever wins the west is going to win the title but i don't think you could say that this year and that's why i think i would be shooting for a conference and not a uh and not a full championship ticket here
0: yep all right anything else in the warriors before we jump into the los angeles teams no let's uh let's go down to la all right you want to start with the clippers or the lakers let's start with the lakers all right the Los Angeles Lakers, you know, a couple notable additions. Um, you know, they did add Danny Green. They added, uh, it looks like they re-signed JaVale McGee, Contavious Caldwell Pope, Quinn Cook. Uh, it looks like DeMarcus Cousins is coming back. Spread, what am I missing?
1: Cousins is Rondo. out
0: for the year. Cousins is out for the year. Is there anybody else they added? Rondo, Alex Oh, no, he came back. Oh, who's this guy? Anthony, Anthony Davis? He's oh, pretty good, yeah, isn't he, he? Must
1: have missed him because he's on the injured list already.
0: <laughs> no, I'm looking at a list of things. I was trying to be funny, and you blew it. It's a shame, folks. Sometimes I'm too good and spread things. I'm being serious. Um, yeah. <laughs> obviously, the Lakers' big addition, of course, is Anthony Davis. Um, went healthy. One of the five best players, maybe ten best players. Worst case in the league. Look at the starting five. It looks like they'll run out Rondo. Um, Danny Green, LeBron James, Anthony Davis, Dwight Howard. Um, but it seems like they've been going with a point guardless lineup. Danny Green, LeBron James, Davis, Kuzma, and somebody else, actually. I think I saw JaVale McGee even starting at some points. But, you know, again, Rondo, Green, James, Anthony Davis, Dwight Howard, Quinn Cook, KCP, Kuzma, JaVale McGee, Avery, Bradley. Spread. Are the Lakers going to win the championship? No. Hey,
1: I want to bring this down back to a, a, a earlier uh, fun argument that we had uh, considering the Blazers. Who's going to cause more problems? Dwight Howard or Hassan Whiteside?
0: Oh, I think, oh man, I don't know. That's <laughs> I mean, such that's a gotta question. That's got to be
1: minus 110 either side, right? That's even money, right?
0: <laughs> I mean, Whiteside's in a contract year, so you got to think he's going to behave. I really don't think Dwight Howard cares anymore. He's got the weird hair. He's wearing Kobe Bryant shoes. He's talking about all sorts of goofy shit. I mean... I don't know. Maybe LeBron will be able to kind of just like put him in a corner in the locker room and let leave him by himself. I don't. I guess I'd probably take. I lean Whiteside in that decision, but that 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 was an excellent prop.
1: All right. Well, anyways, I was in a hurry to get to that joke. Um, but so I. The reason I think no is, do you see this team staying healthy enough to to do it? I just have a lot of concerns. LeBron's getting up there in age. Anthony Davis. <laughs> I mean, it was just like. Almost like the onion when I saw that he got injured in his first preseason game, you know, um, you know, checking—is this real? Or they well, especially the injury. What oh, was it?
0: Is his thumb? It's another thumb. A yeah. thumb. Like, are you kidding me? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Hip and Drew Brees. So, <laughs> um, I just—I <laughs> mean, so do you think they have a chance to win? I mean, obviously they have a chance to win the title, but I, I think I'm they do. Interesting. Okay. I think. And you yeah, tell I think me, they do. You tell me how, and that's funny because I think you're even more anti-Lakers than me.
0: So LeBron James finally had a year off last year. It was the first year he didn't have right. to play in the playoffs. The first year he didn't have to go to the finals. Uh, he took a bunch of time off during the season. I think that he is going to come back refreshed and focused. I think that he's gotten a lot of time to kind of get his get his mind right, get his body right. Anthony Davis is kind of the perfect player to put next to him. If Anthony Davis can do all the things that we questioned his ability to do in New Orleans, can he finally shut up? And play center and and do that. Start to do some gritty stuff. Protect the basket. Be be a real big man. Um, you know, the one reason I, I really honestly don't respect Anthony Davis very much is every time he came to play the Sixers, somebody else guarded Joel Embiid. Anthony Davis was nowhere to be found. He wanted nothing to do with Embiid. He'd switch with anybody to get him off of him. And I don't think that that's gonna work. <laughs> he needs to he needs to really gut grit down and, and start to play some defense and, and be a so be a real out of big
1: curiosity- man. Could you hear Embiid saying anything to him about it? Because I can't imagine that he would just kind of...
0: Oh, I'm sure he did. You I'm not... were the
1: only one in the arena that noticed. But you weren't no. low enough to hear if there was actually John going on. No, or... no,
0: it's tough. At this point, Sixers games, they got music going the whole time. Uh, I, you'd yeah, basically have to true. be on the floor to hear the guys. Um, but if Anthony Davis could take that step forward, or maybe he does. I mean, you know, LeBron James is the kind of guy that either you fall in line and you figure it out or you fail miserably um, and spectacularly. So... You know, I, I do have some questions about that. I, I have some questions about the lineup, but, you know, I don't think that Rondo is a guy that you want on the floor in a big moment of the playoffs, but let's say they get to the point where, you know, Avery Bradley's healthy. He's making threes, playing defense. You put him, Danny Green, LeBron James, Anthony Davis, you know, and Kuzma on the floor. That's a really interesting five. You've got a lot of height. You've got a lot of defensive flexibility. You have shooting at just about every position there. Um, you know, again, that relies on Anthony Davis to play center and to do that, which is something he's shying away from doing. But I think that that could be a really dynamic five. And come playoff time, that's that's all you really need. You need five guys that can play and, and really take over the game. So. And who's know.
1: going to be drawing up these plays? Will it be Frank Vogel or will it have Jason Kidd?
0: Uh, that's the uh, other fly in the off his
1: coup By then, right.
0: What a weird situation this is. They basically have, like, Jason Kidd is – he's not quite co-head coach, but he's clearly the vice head coach, which yeah. is super, super strange. I don't know what's going to happen with that. You um, know, we obviously remember the situation in Cleveland um, with Tyron Lue. And, and um oh God, I can't think of his name. Can you think of his name?
1: Um, the The fighter coach, David Blatt. David fighter Blatt, thank me? you very
0: much. Yeah, David Blatt, I couldn't yeah. think of his name. We right? call him
1: the fighter pilot because he had that one uh, quote where he said, "An NBA coach, the only the only profession you can have to make more decisions uh, per minute is a fighter pilot."
0: <laughs> I always like that. That's really good. So you know, I I do worry about that a little bit, but at the end of the day, they've got two of the most talented players in the league. They've got a really interesting five that they could put together. It's going to be a long season. From a regular season perspective, I don't think that I'm going to be betting on the Lakers at all. I, I think that it's going to every night for me. It's going to be a fade or pass based on what well, that LeBron lineup looks like. Well, LeBron
1: has one of the like. worst records up against the spread of any superstar ever, right?
0: Right, because you get a bunch of public money, and I, I think the Lakers will load manage a little bit. I don't expect Davis to play a full 82 games. I don't expect LeBron to play a full well, yeah, he's not 82 games. First season, is he? No, I don't think so. Um <laughs> right so you start to get into stuff like that you look at the win total i'm seeing 51 and a half right now that's probably just about right um you know i think they're locked to make the playoffs that's minus 700 their title odds right now three to one to win the title two and a half to one to win the conference do you have any interest in any of those numbers
1: no but if you had a prop that was uh who would win more games the warriors or the lakers who would you take
0: (sighs) that's tough I think I would take the Lakers, okay. But I don't I know. Again, I got to look at the schedule and see you know what the front end of the season looks like versus the back. That that makes a big difference. And I expect this Lakers team to be kind of peaking towards the end of the year versus spending the beginning part of the year kind of figuring themselves out a little bit. I think that them and Golden State will actually be pretty close from a wins perspective. And you know it looks like the market agrees. Again, Golden State at forty nine yeah. and a half, the Lakers at fifty one and a half. So you know lean Lakers, but I don't feel strongly about that. How about you?
1: I would take the Warriors, but I'm just trying to be fun and contrarian here. But, hey, we don't want to lose the whole L.A. market because, like, half the NBA fans is Lakers fans, it feels like, on Twitter. So uh, I got some positive things to say about this team. If, you know, uh, you were to point to reasons why they would win the title and what they did right this offseason, I think the additions at small forward were fantastic. I think Jared Dudley coming off the bench is the perfect guy for this team. It reminds me of when the Heat got Batty in 2012 when they said finally it's just like a basketball player that knows how to play basketball you know that's not you know putting up great numbers or all-star this and that but a guy who just brings the team together um i feel dudley is kind of the same way i think he brings a lot of energy on the floor he's he really hustles defensively he's a dog on defense and he brings a little intensity to that second unit and i think down there and in relaxed L.A., I think that uh, that second unit could use some intensity. And a problem with LeBron teams always is they're always so top-heavy. And, boy, you know, sometimes I feel bad for them. You know, you play the whole game, you know, especially, in, like, in the playoffs, and then it's even the whole game, and then you go to the bench, and then you come back in, and you're down by seven, you know. And if they can, uh, you know, win the bench minutes, you know, win the second quarter, till you know, the 12 to 8 minutes in the second quarter uh, th- like that, they could be a really tough team, um, so obviously if they stay healthy, they are, you know, right there with the Clippers for the number one contender for the title. My my question is about their health and about the direction with the coaching. Well, you um, just hit one I, of my. I think that could be
0: sticky. You just hit one of my big buttons here. I get sick of these Shane Battier comparisons and I'm disappointed in you spread how could you compare really? Shane Battier who you know was was towards the end of his career but certainly wasn't washed I mean when's the last time Jared Dudley did anything of interest on a basketball court Battier was again at the end of his career but was still one of the better defensive players in the league still made a bunch of three-pointers and buckets was playing 20-some minutes a game every night uh, Jared Dudley's basically been a, a bench veteran for the last two or three years I can't remember the last time he did anything And this happens all the time. I hear all these like, oh, it's like Shane Battier. And it's like someone who's basically out of the league. I mean, Shane Battier (laughs) was still very good. He was a huge contributor on those Rockets teams before he ended up in Miami. It was a big player for them. I I think that he's much, much better than anything Jared Dudley can offer. Um, Okay, I
1: I mean, I'll concede that point. But the point I was trying to make, uh, maybe not in quality, but it just in providing the glue, just defense. He's a great locker room guy. man. Yeah, and bringing intensity on the floor every every second you're out there. You're not going to catch him loafing on the floor. And, and sometimes with your second team, you need someone out there to bring that spark. And um, so, yeah, I mean, obviously I'll completely concede that he's nowhere near the player that Battier was. But I think that he can provide that same glue. Um, especially, if we're talking about, what, a 10- to 15-minute-a-night roll guy here.
0: Oh, I don't think he. I think there's a lot of DNPs in his in his his season this year. I think you're right though all, about the not locker with room stuff. Yeah, eh, we'll see. He right, might end up less- backing
1: up the four when Davis is out, and then they'll start Kuzma, and then Dudley would be the backup four there. Or yeah, maybe you know, you're, maybe up you're, up you're three right. on the four, because there's not a lot of people to slide over to back up the three. Is there? Do you no. want KCP or Bradley at your three? I don't.
0: Maybe KCP. I think in today's league, you can play those guys as wing yeah. players. Um, actually, I think if there was, you're going to make a batty comparison, I wonder if Bradley ends up being that guy. I know that he was pretty solid last year for the Pistons. He's been a little injured. But if he can be healthy and be the defensive player he was in Boston and keep making threes, I think that he can do a lot of those things. Um, you're right though. I mean, Dudley, I, well, I how Dudley's job ends up being on Dwight Howard duty. They put Dwight Howard right next to Jared Dudley. And, and it's just him making sure that Dwight isn't being insane every day. <laughs> that's, that's and, what I would and do.
1: Dwight turns into an all-star and, and Dudley ends up becoming an NBA legend. But no, um, I really think that kind of like the Kings, though. I did think they did do a good job of addressing deficiencies because what was their weakness last year? I mean, it was defense, right? And you know, there was a a billion videos of LeBron and how he's kind of lazy and and taking the James Harden approach to, to defense. But overall the team was just soft. Um, I think adding Bradley and green, those guys are going to hustle even when LeBron doesn't. And last year I felt that sometimes when LeBron was taking the night off defensively, the rest of his teammates felt it was okay to do so too.
0: Totally agree. All right. Any other thoughts on the Lakers here? So, do you see them in the Western Conference Finals? I do. I think that we're destined for an LALA Western Conference Finals. You know, Houston would be the team that maybe upsets the Apple Card. Environment, no flying. That's right, spread. (laughs) Got to think about that environment. All right. (laughs) Let's jump into the other L.A. team, of course, the Clippers. um, Looking at some of their additions here, added um, Paul George, obviously, Kawhi Leonard, a very exciting offseason for them, Mo Harkless, um, let's see, who else, Uh, Zubach, Beverly re-signed, Jermichael Green, I always like him, he's a sneaky little player, Patrick Peterson, another good guy to have kind of in the locker room. We take a look at the starting five spread. Looks like we'll have Patrick Beverly, Landry God damn goddammit, Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, and Zubach. Lou Williams coming off the bench with Mo Harkless, Jermichael Green, and of course Montrez Harrell. Man, what a fun team. This is not a team you'd want to see in a dark alley tr- thinking about getting into a fight. What do you think about the Clippers spread?
1: I think they have the potential to have the best defense of any team in the league when they get... 100%. Uh, Beverly, George... Leonard, Harrell, and then I don't know. Who would you run at the four in there? Is Shamit a good defender? Can you throw him in there? Haven't Landry Shamit, God damn it, corner. is a,
0: uh, Landry Shamit, God damn it, is a pretty good defender and I will be referring to him as Landry Shamit, God damn it, possibly for the rest of his career because he's supposed to be a Philadelphia 76er but we decided we wanted Mike Scott. Um, so former Texas quarterback, Landry Shamit, God damn it, pretty good defensive <laughs> player. Um, Do you do you like that? I always thought Landry Shamit sounded like the name of a Texas quarterback, like came from some little high school out like in the middle of nowhere, West (laughs) Texas, went to Texas University, became a cowboy or or something. (sighs) Instead, he's on the wrong basketball team. Um, I I think you do have in that lineup. You know, I wonder if you could even go something like crazy, super small, go Harkless, George Leonard, Shamit, Beverly, um, something like that. I wonder if you know Harkless could could be. Someone who can guard maybe some bigger guys. Actually, this was one of the teams. I was hoping Al-, Al-, Al Farouk Amino ended up on this team. He'd be perfect here coming off the bench, kind of filling in those spots. But I think you're right. They have just a ton of players at each position. They have scoring. They have shooting. They have athleticism. Um, this is just a, a really exciting team. You know, From a regular season perspective, I think they'll be pretty good night in, night out. I think that Doc Rivers and the players in the team really won't let these guys take a night off even when George is getting some load management, Leonard's getting some load management. I think this will actually be kind of like the Raptors were last year with, you know, the rest of the team will kind of take it personally that they they won't be as big of favorites or as well respected when one of those two guys isn't on the floor and and will step up and play some good basketball. You know, I think that, again, there will be a lot of load management, so I'm not looking for them.
1: Okay, so... They uh, announced that they weren't going to do that. Are you Are you telling me that you don't believe them when they say they're no? Going no, to I don't.
0: Leonard? I I do not believe that. <laughs> I do not believe that for one second. I think it's really nice that they said that, but no, no, I think that that's nonsense. I think if you believe that, I have a bridge to sell you.
1: Oh, okay. I was looking for a bridge.
0: We got a couple now, um, here in Philadelphia. Spread.
1: <laughs> yeah. So antiques. I mean, so is this is what we did right here? Is this just the Western Conference Finals preview? Is it, I mean, is, is this
0: inevitable? So maybe the question before we jump into that is, who beats these teams? If it's not these two teams in the Western Conference Finals, who is it for you? For me, it's the Rockets. I know that I've heard some love for the Jazz. I've heard some love for the Nuggets. I don't think that they have really what it takes um, from a top end, from a you know maximum value perspective you know the the best version of the Nuggets the best version of the Jazz I don't know if that those teams are good enough I'd actually maybe give the Jazz a leg up from a playoff perspective I think that you know if Conley if Donovan Mitchell and all those guys really play their best basketball that could be interesting but I don't know spread what do you think for me it's the Rockets
1: yeah I mean I think the Nuggets too if Porter Jr. becomes the player that we think and he's dynamic and the thing about that is if he does develop there won't be a lot of pressure on him it won't be like uh say Donovan Mitchell. You know, when he came out and he was pretty much carrying the team already as a rookie. So, uh, I really like the next. I really think there's a lot of teams. I mean, Utah, you know, I'm not having been high on them. But, I mean, the idea that 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 team could beat, especially like this Lakers team, where you could have Gobert on Davis, um, is not that crazy. Um, Houston's the same way. I think Houston actually matches up better against the Clippers than the Lakers. But I mean is Houston beating these Clippers? I mean is that that crazy? I mean obviously I put the Clippers as a favorite, but I'd say what? 65 right around there percent chance of of the Clippers winning. I mean I don't think it's that crazy that they, Houston
0: could beat this team. No, I agree. I think that Houston is is really the big X factor. If Westbrook can really be comfortable playing on James Harden team, become kind of the ultimate slash and kick guy, um, you know, not shoot that much, you know, really let the team build around him. If they they put that together, I think that Houston's really scary. I think that Houston actually um, is a real dark horse. And as the season goes along, I'll be watching a lot of their games intently to see what that lineup looks like. And if they do gel, I'm going to be on some some Houston futures. I think that they're. Again, at their absolute maximum, at their best level, I think they're just as good as both of these teams. I'm just I feel less I feel less certain that they'll achieve that.
1: The other and I the other wild card is the nothing to lose what Warriors. Clay Thompson comes back, he's like ninety percent, and then we have that lineup we discussed earlier. They they could run with these guys with, with you know, the two days off in the playoffs and the seven, eight man rotations. So yeah, I mean, I don't think it's a shoe in at all, but obviously it is the most likely outcome, wouldn't you agree on that?
0: Man, you're really high on the Warriors, aren't you?
1: I mean, I, I live like 90 minutes away. That's all I hear on the radio anytime I get in the car. So is that, that could what it have is? Something to do with it, yeah. Hey,
0: I mean, if, if we had to, you know, think about the Warriors, and I'll, I'll, I'll entertain this seriously. I think the Clippers dominate the Warriors. I think that this Clippers team was built to beat a team like the Warriors. Beverly matches up perfectly with Curry defensively. Um, you know, no. Shamit, Oh, come on. Beverly has Curry as good of a chance as anybody. Him. Uh, uh, no, he's not going to kill him. He's going to beat him. He's better. But, yeah. you know, Beverly, Beverly's the guy you want in that matchup. He's going to make Curry work. He's going to beat him up. He's going to make sure that he's got a hand on him. He's going to be pulling his shirt. He's going to be pulling his shorts, doing all he's sorts gonna of try, crap.
1: But after, like, the third back screen that, that Curry sets for him, he's not going to be anywhere near
0: him. I, and I think, you know, maybe even then what they do is they put Beverly on Russell and let Leonard just swallow up Curry. And then uh, you put maybe Paul George on Draymond. I mean, you just have so many answers here defensively. And then offensively, I think they do have enough bucket getters to, to, to take care of that. So I, I think that if you're Golden State, you're actually probably looking for a Lakers series here. I think that there's more matchups right. for them to exploit there. Um, that's why I like the Clippers so much. They're my favorite to win the title. I think that they have the top-end talent, they have the coaching, and they have the flexibility. You know, that's really what I look for in, in today's NBA. You've got to be able to do a lot of things. you got to be able to be big. you got to be able to be small. you got to be able to shoot. you got to be able to attack the basket. And they have guys that could do all that stuff. Um, all right, so you think that Houston's serious, but you're a little higher on the, on the Warriors then. So would your pick for the team to upset the apple cart here and ruin the LA LA Western Conference Finals? You're, you're going with Golden State?
1: Yeah, I mean, this team what before they had Kevin Durant they were being out there mentioned with the best teams of all time. So it's not that the Thompson Curry Green core isn't, you know, pedigreed. And like I said, nothing to lose. Can you imagine when LA goes down three two, like the amount of pressure they would have, like if they get behind in this series? Where if the Warriors lose everyone's gonna be like, Oh well, like hopefully next year, you know.
0: It's, I understand I what you're saying about the Warriors. The and burden and of
1: expectations is, is going to be hard for these L.A. teams.
0: I think you're you're right, and I understand your point about the Warriors having been a historically great team, but there's now three, four years of tape on all these guys. The rest of the league is doing what they're doing. They've kind of lost this that edge.
1: football. It's not like you can really scheme something away.
0: I don't know about you that. Know I mean?
1: We know Curry likes to shoot from like 35 feet out, but we're still not stopping it. We know he likes to run through two back screens. You know, we know Thompson likes to sit on the three-point line on a a fast break. We're still not stopping it.
0: And I'm going to have to do some research on Curry playoff numbers because I just want to politely remind you how much money I made betting Curry under threes in the playoffs last year because teams got better at doing that stuff.
1: Right, but that's not saying that he's bad at threes. You're just exploiting, like, a public... Uh, No, I think what
0: I'm what I'm exploiting is that Curry is not as good in the playoffs as he is in the regular season because teams can plan for this stuff. I think that you're underestimating how some of these smarter coaches and and some of these better defensive teams can close that stuff up.
1: Once you get like under 5.5 and stuff.
0: Yeah, it was wild.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's that's pretty high, right?
0: Right. But I mean, that's the expectation. And I don't understand that. It's he's really really Probably good. He's he's the best shooter in the history is one of the, of the best league.
1: Shooters we've ever seen. Yeah.
0: Right, and everybody Just remembers iTunes. the bombs I mean, and the makes. But come the playoffs, players. every year they find a way to make his life difficult. I'm going to put together some numbers on his playoff versus regular season numbers specifically the thing in the is, finals.
1: It's going to be skewed because it'll be like two bad games mixed in with like a 44 point night.
0: We'll see i'm going to try to focus on maybe just the finals but i know that the cavaliers found some ways to slow him down i know that um you know houston even found some ways to slow them down a little bit when when they you know two years ago so yeah. i think i think that the, the clippers specifically have the tools to slow down the warriors and that teams at this point you know again it's they're obviously really really incredible and they're better at it than most any other team but teams have had more practice now for the last few years playing it players have developed themselves to play that style so I'm a little less hesitant to think that just because they have those three guys, they'll be back to be in the 2014-2015 Warriors.
1: Yeah, I mean, I do agree with you there. In my little imaginary, you know, Warriors make the conference finals scenario, I do have them going through the Lakers rather than the Clippers in the semis. But, I mean, right. can you imagine that? That's I think that's a very reasonable possibility that we could see. Remember how, how excited we were for the East playoffs this, last year, the second round? Yeah. I think the second round of the West is going to be like the East was last year, where every game is going to be must-see.
0: I think all the entire Western Conference playoffs, and again, you think of those eight yeah. teams, I'll go through them again. Clippers, Lakers, um, Rockets, Nuggets, Jazz, Warriors, Trailblazers, Spurs. There's, there's not a bad team in that bunch. Those are going to be just really interesting and fun playoff series, no matter what the seeding ends up being. So I'm definitely excited about that. I think you're right. The Western Conference playoffs are going to be stellar this year but let's put a cap here on the clippers uh win total i'm seeing 55 and a half odds to win the title similar to the lakers they're a little hot, worse here i'm seeing three and a quarter to one plus 325 if you will they're plus 210 to win the conference um they're the favorite to win the division here actually spread which is kind of interesting are you actually placing any preseason wagers on any no, of these I'm numbers not doing any of them
1: i'm not doing any of them but I think I would lean towards the under on that on that Clippers total. What do you think on the win total?
0: I think it's a great number, and actually, I would lean over. Um, really? You know, the, so the you're the one
1: saying load management the whole time. Like, and my, my main issue there is like, when is Paul, do we even know when Paul George is coming back? Like,
0: no, four no, we weeks don't. Into
1: the season six weeks into the season. I mean, I don't see any reason why I'd rush him back.
0: I think to if, me, you know, the,
1: he... to me, the NBA is almost in preseason till Christmas Day, anyways. To me, Christmas Day is almost like the NBA opening night, <laughs> you know? I mean, it's going to be fun opening night and Clippers-Lakers, but I, it seems like the actual national media attention and when these games really start to get that feel is Christmas Day. That's when it really feels like to me the season's starting. I can see that them kind of being very wary with getting George out there. And I agree with you also. I was kind of, you know, messing with you a bit earlier. But, yeah, I, I don't see any reason why they're going to try and push Leonard harder.
0: I agree. Um, I, you know, again, my concern there is the load management. However, um, you know, that's what's keeping me away from it. I, I lean towards the over, but I'm, I'm not going to be placing any wagers. Like I said, I'm going to wait for some better numbers midseason. All right, spread. Anything else before we wrap yes, here? I have
1: one more fun speculative prop for you. Yes. Let's say we do get Clippers, Lakers, Western Conference Finals. Is that seven home games for the Lakers?
0: I think it'll be fairly even, but you're, you're right. It's going to be tough for I mean, L.A. Like, do you? Is there Clippers you know, fans? Is there such maybe. A I don't know. We'll I see mean, we'll see how Leonard good they are. I mean,
1: they got booed at a Dodgers game. You're
0: right you know, about they that. They were
1: always talking about the Clippers always get booed in L.A. Like, they're not really their team, you know? And I I just – the amount of money – the amount of Lakers fans there are in L.A., especially bandwagon Lakers fans, and the amount of money those tickets are going to cost, I can imagine it being seven games where – and I don't know. It's not. I don't think it's like the NFL where the crowd support – um, you know, cause obviously it's not like you can't call an audible or something, but I can imagine it would be like seven straight home games for the Lakers. And I think that could be another factor, um, that we're overlooking when capping these two teams playing each other.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think it will be mostly a home game, but we'll see how it goes. You know, it's, it's the NBA finals. Maybe teams will show up or fans will show up, but yeah, I think, I think that's about all we have for the Pacific division. So thanks, everybody, for listening. Hope you enjoyed the division previews. Like I said, we'll be back on Thursday with a fantasy podcast. Um, please give us a rating, a review, and follow us at NetWorth Pod. Good luck in all your wagers.